Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. We are part of the Christian Podcast Community. Check out this and many other great podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org. My name is Daryl and the word of God says in Romans 3, starting in verse 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he has passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what is become what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By the law of works? No, by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. And that is the word of God. That Those are great verses there. And the whole book of Romans is great. But the reason I wanted to read that today is because there we see, and we see in the book of Romans, we see our guilt. So we have our guilt here in these verses all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then we see God's grace. It, God justifies us. God justifies us by his grace. And then we see some of the works that we would do out of gratitude because the law, we still uphold the law. So we have that guilt, we have that grace, and we have that gratitude. And we have today on the show a host of a podcast called Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. And that is Peter Bell. Pistol, Pistol Peter Bell, is that is that what we can call you now? <laughs> I guess it's my new nickname, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Peter, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Yeah, we actually, what, maybe three and a half, no, like two and a half hours ago, we just got off another interview um, on a, a book that's coming out with Hendrickson, What is Christianity? And Guidebook for Instruction in the Christian Religion with two guys who are translating Bavink. Oh, wow. um, so that was really cool. That was that was an interesting conversation with them. So that'll come out in about a month. Um, but other than that, just studying last semester. Mm. So trying to get things wrapped up, doing some church plan stuff. So Excellent. life is busy, but life is good. Yeah. So last semester. So you're at uh, Westminster, California. Is that where you're taking? Yeah, Westminster Seminary, Seminary California. Yep. Awesome. That's where my pastor went as well. I think okay. he gra- graduated about 10 or 12 years ago. Okay. I think yeah. he's, he's been pastoring this church for for 10 years that, okay. that's a, a great seminary i listen to i love i love our school yeah i listen to dr r scott clark you know mm-hmm. have read and listened to some uh, michael horton and many of the other professors out yeah. there so it's great that they make their material available and you've had many of yeah. them on your show as well you've yeah had, yeah like, yeah they've been my professors and so it's i have an easy connection with them say hey like i've walked up to them and say hey do you want to come to my show and they're like, sure, why not? So it's it was an easy connection, but it's it's unreal being under them as a student. Um, but yeah, also having them on a show, reading their books, and I mean, I, I did 
didn't grow up reading them, but before Westminster, I was reading them. And now to be under their shepherding and under their, um, I mean, kind of pastoral care, but a lot of their uh, just teaching academic in the Christian faith and the reformed Christian faith is, has been absolutely unreal. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better seminary experience than what I get now. That's great. How, let me just ask you, and we want to share like about your background, but did you grow, you said you didn't grow up in the reformed faith. Is that? No, no, I grew up PCUSA. Uh, so I went to a, a church in Santa Ana, which was kind of on the conservative ish side of the PCUSA. So they didn't really like really go full, full bore liberal. Like there's a Presbyterian decision in the late two thousands. Um, and especially in the SoCal Presbytery that I was a part of, because I grew up in Orange County. Um, and so the Presbytery we were part of eventually replaced the pastor that we were under, who is kind of on the more conservative side. Uh, and so we got a really liberal guy. And so we moved to churches after that. But um, it, yeah, the reform stuff just wasn't on our radar. It just, we went to, effectively we went to the biggest church. We went to Saddleback for a little bit. Uh, Mariner's Church was not the big one. So that's, that's where you go. Like you go there if you don't know where else to go, um, at least in our area. So that's, I, I didn't grow up knowing anything about the reformed faith. I just, church was church. The Saddleback, is that uh, Rick Warren? Was that his? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Well, do you, do you remember any, any of your experience there? Like- I do a little bit. Yeah. I remember a few, I mean, if you can call them sermons. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the one that sticks out to me, this is probably 2000 eight or 2009 a couple yeah 10 or 15 years ago something like that i was i might have still been in high school i can't remember when i was when i was there um but it was the whole quote-unquote sermon was it i was i think it was a it's a sunday that fell on a new year's or new year's day something like that but all they did for about an hour was these people with cards were filing across the the stage with $100,000 has been given to this ministry, $100,000 has been given to this ministry. And they were just showing all these ministries. I think like 24 ministries came up. So we, we gave two and a half million to all these ministries. And at the time, I was like, I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, okay, this is just a, a church service. But thinking back, I was like, man, I like, I don't remember hearing the gospel really ever growing up. At least not that I recall, and at least not at those big churches. Um, but it was a huge church. With bleacher style seating, this big auditorium, uh, and you go there to be anonymous. And so my parents wanted to be anonymous. They didn't really want to know anybody. They didn't want people knowing them. And so you went to a big church to be anonymous. That's that's kind of what I grew up knowing was like you want to go to a church where you're not known, so you don't have to talk to anybody. That's such it's that concept now seems so foreign to me. Like yeah, well, especially I mean, our church has forty people, but uh, yep. the, the first church we went to when we when we first came to faith was a, a christian missionary alliance church and it wasn't like a okay. mega church but it had yep. two services yep. but yep. still there it was it was bigger than than where we are now and bigger than even the second church we went to which was like a non-denominational church but even yep. in those churches though it wasn't they didn't want you to be anonymous it was small groups were, were pushed yep. um but yeah i always i always wondered that like if you go to this giant church like how do you even know anyone how does more importantly how does the pastor know you that, that would always oh like, yeah that's just not it's not even on the radar it's just not a thing that you worry about in those big places that's we didn't we kind of didn't care we we liked it but now thinking back it's like we didn't know anybody we weren't under pastoral care there was no concept of it um yeah i i, I could never in a million years go back to that 
Yeah. And even as, as for, for me, you know, studying to be in ministry, I wouldn't want to be the pastor that didn't know people. Like, no. that's, that's like you want to no, heck no, because how can you minister the word to people you don't know? Like, yeah. how can you even, even craft a sermon? Like, yes, the, the word of God applies, but still as a pastor, you're thinking of, of your people, of your flock. How is yeah. this, how does this passage apply to, to these people in their situations that I know about? Yeah. So like, that's just, it, it, and then totally. Like, yeah, I agree. hundred percent. And then the mega church model where they're on a screen and they're not even at the campus. Like it's just yep. always was yep. like, how does this even work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we can keep going on that all day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so yeah, you're, you're in seminary studying to be yep. um, in ministry and you also uh, have a church plant, right. That you're doing in the yeah. Santa area area. Yeah, you can talk about that. I don't know if I have listeners out there. I might, but yeah, just plug the church. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <clears throat> um, yeah, we started this. I mean, it's been a long conversation. I've been talking to my pastor, Denny Hyde, um, for about a year about a church plan. He's known for two years since I've been at Oceanside. Um, so we, we really started in earnest in summer, got approval to, to do a church plant. And then um, we had a couple of friends in Santa Ana. My co-host Nick lives right around the area. And so he's been looking for a church for a long time. They go to an OPC in the area for now. Um, so we, we had people reach out to me and say, Hey, I, I think it'd be really cool if you, if you planted a, a reform church here as they were learning more about, about the reform faith. Um, and so some churches folded in the area and so they were, a lot of people just didn't know where to go. So we started a, a, a Bible study exploratory session more. So just, seeing what interest looked like, talking to people, evangelizing in the area, um, meeting with people, getting to know them, them getting to know me. Uh, that was in October. And then we, we were meeting on Thursday nights, every Thursday night. So I was driving from San Diego to Orange County, which is about an hour and a half drive each way. Um, and then we switched that to Sundays as of this past Sunday. So yesterday was our first Sunday. Um, we're recording this on Monday. So yesterday was our, our first Sunday. Uh, so yeah, we've been doing that for a little bit and we've maybe got maybe got six or seven families, something like that, who are who are coming on a more consistent basis. Um, people who heard about us through the podcast or through friends. We've had more come kind of here and there, but not as consistent. Uh, but the big thing is there's no reformed church in Santa Ana. And Santa Ana's got 330,000 people. Uh, so it's a big city, very populated. Uh, and heavily, heavily Catholic dominated, um, more culturally so. So if you if you live in the area, you either you either are part of a Catholic church or you know somebody's part of the Catholic church. Your parents are part of the Catholic church. Um, also heavily Hispanic. Uh, my wife's Hispanic. She's she's bilingual. I'm learning to be bilingual, uh, and it's just a different dynamic with people who are in the area versus going to like suburbia or going to a, any other area of Orange County where. Uh, to go to, to go to San Ana, you kind of have to know the people, you have to know the culture, you have to know the area, uh, their background. And so we felt called for a long time because it's a place that we know. I grew up five minutes away from it. My wife grew up just north of it. Uh, her whole family lives in San Ana. And so it's a place we felt called to and I'm, I feel equipped for um, to yeah preach the gospel there. And so the, the hope is sometime over summer. We're not sure when yet, but some, sometime over summer we'll switch from Bible studies to, to some sort of full worship service. 
Um, but the goal is to have a, a church for people who are not reformed, for those who don't know the Christian faith, for those who have never heard of Jesus. Um, so we don't want to poach from reformed churches. We're not trying to build like another reformed church that has other reformed people, which we don't stop that at all. Right. Um, if you're reformed and you want to come to our church, that's great. But we go for, for those really specifically who don't know the reformed faith uh, or who aren't Christians. We want a reformed, a warm reformed church that's confessional, that's solid, that's biblical, that's gospel preaching, uh, that you'll hear about Jesus every single week, um, but is very geared towards those who aren't part of the reformed tribe. Um, so that's that's what we're trying to build in Santa Ana. Awesome. Yeah, definitely praying for you guys. And the, the area I'm in, on the Northeast in, in New Jersey is very Roman Catholic as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. It, yep. Yeah. But the, I, I, the same thing, it's nominally Roman Catholic. So yep. yeah, it's very people, cultural. Yeah. yeah. People that grew up that way because their parents did or their grandparents did. So yep. it's, it's not very often I run into a Roman Catholic that actually knows Roman Catholic totally. doctrine. Yeah. Um, it tends to be like first generations who know it. They don't know it all that well. Mm-hmm. but they're the ones who've gone to church every single week versus the second and third generations tend to fall away. Yeah. The, the one person I've had a conversation with about it and sometimes he'll uh, uh, randomly comment on something I post on Facebook. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, I, I met him out uh, doing ministry at the abortion mill, which is great. Okay. There's, a, there's usually a lot of Roman Catholics out standing for life, oh, yeah. which I love, yep. you know, yep. many of them are walk just walking back and forth uh, praying the rosary. Uh, but yep. he was out there, you know, holding the sign with me. Uh, so we, we met up at a coffee shop once and I, I asked him, I said, if you die right now, are you going to heaven? And he's like, hmm. well, I'll probably go to purgatory first. And hmm. then and, and that breaks my heart when people a- like answer any other way than yes, I know, because Jesus like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so <laughs> yeah. I, I told him, I was like, well, what about Romans eight? Like, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God in huh. Christ Jesus. And he's. And, 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 you know, and I went over, you know, Ephesians uh, two with him uh-huh. and he's like, uh-huh. well, he's like, well, I can walk out of here right now. What if I like murder someone? Then I'm like, uh-huh. no, if you are saved, you're probably not going to walk out of here and murder someone like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no. I, but I mean, so it, it was frustrating. Like I that that answer. And that's usually the answer I kind of want from the Catholic like that, mm. that truly believes Catholic catholic doctrine because yeah, you totally like, a lot of catholics don't even know that like purgatory or don't even know why there's purgatory some don't yeah. even know it's still taught and it definitely is still taught it's still you know true trent hasn't changed you know the the nope. the, the catechism is the same that they they teach yep. Yep. Um, yeah so it's 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 frustrating but at the same time it's opportunity so totally yeah no, it's a hundred percent opportunity. And it might be even like, well, for, for me growing up, I, I grew up Roman Catholic, but then co- going to a church that like had the, had a band and lights once I came to the Lord was, was totally different. So at, for a while I thought like everything that yeah. Rome did was wrong because yep. you know, yep. like, like the formal liturgy, but now yeah. you know, after studying, I'm like, well, no, <laughs> like there's a reason for liturgy, <laughs> yeah. and I, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd prefer the formal liturgy over the, you know, the, the four song worship set, and then yeah, know, same here, the, the TED Talk sermon, and <laughs> yep, yep, so, so yeah, there's 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 <clears throat> opportunity with with our our Catholic friends, and I think it might mm-hmm. be an easier transition 
for them. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. It, some of it's knowable. We're like, yeah, they say the Apostles' Creed. They may not understand what the Apostles' Creed means, mm-hmm. but they know the formality of it, the tradition of it, kind of the, the bells and whistles of it. So they see a lot of the formality of it. And when they come to the Reformed Church, it's like this looks similar, but that message is really different than what I'm hearing at the Catholic Church. And so there's, yeah, there's an easy entrance, but it's also kind of a shock to the system when you really see what church and what the gospel is. Definitely. So you, you, you're planting the church, you're doing seminary, but you also have this podcast, Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. Yep. So wh- when, did, when did you and Nick start that and what was the kind of inspiration behind doing so? Yeah, we, um, so we started in August of 2020. I, I think our first, I have to look back. I think our first episode was August 7th or some, somewhere around <laughs> there, um, like early August. But Nick had texted me, I think, the, first, the week that COVID hit, like when all the shutdowns hit in March of 2020. He texted me. We were on our way to Orange County. Um, I think to see my wife's parents. Um, and when he tested me, he asked something like, and he was dead serious. If, if you know, Nick, like he's like funny, but also like when he tests you, like he's, he's very serious when he texts. Um, he's a jokey person, but he, when he's serious, he's very serious. Um, and so he texted me, is it the end of the world? And he was dead serious. He was freaking <laughs> out. His church had just had, or his friend had just talked to him about the rapture. Um, and then he's like, Hey man, are you ready for the rapture? He's like the sign of the beast is coming. Are you ready for the rapture? And Nick just freaked out. And he's like, I don't know anything about this. I don't know if I'm ready for this. And so he texted me because I guess he asked his pastor. Um, he's going to non-denominational church in Costa Mesa, uh, around the area. And he asked his pastor, like, Hey, do you know anything about the end times? His pastor's like, Oh no, like, I don't really care about theology. Um, I'm just all about community here. And Nick was like, who else do I talk to? Like, I don't know who else to talk to about theology. <clears throat> and the only person he can think of for some reason was me. And he's like, Oh, I think my friend's in seminary. And so he texted me. And so we talked about eschatology for like a month. Uh, and he was fascinated by all millennialism. And he was like, I've never heard of this stuff. Like, why have I never heard of this stuff? So that was kind of our backdoor entrance. And so um, he was just drinking this stuff up as I, as I would like, as I was learning this, I would get out of class and I, <laughs> Nick would call me and say, Hey man, this is what I learned today. And he's like, why, like, why don't I get this in my church? Like, why am I not learning these things at church? And that like was this snowball that kept on rolling. And then sometime in like June or July, after we were having, like, we were, we were having hour long, two hour long conversations almost every day. And my, my wife was not super happy uh, with how much we were talking on the phone. Um, but yeah, in June or July, I forget who texted who, but he's like, Hey, what if, what if we recorded one of these conversations? And I was like, you know, I've always kind of thought about having a podcast. I listened to a bunch of them. But I was like, I don't know if we're podcasters. Like, I don't know. That's something we can do. Like that's, that's for those who are like professionals who know what they're doing. Like who know how to use equipment and editing software. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but it's like, no, let's do it. And so we, I think we randomly one day, he found, he found an iPad and I think I called him and he record, we, we just didn't know how to record. We didn't know Zoom existed. We had no idea. Um, so he took his iPad. So if you look at the first three episodes that we have up, they record on his iPad. <laughs> so he recorded this on his iPad. So I'm on the phone calling him. He has his phone on loudspeaker with his <laughs> iPad next to it. 
recording his iPhone. And those were our first three episodes. And we like, we think we talked about the Bible was the first one. I forget what the next two episodes were about, but he was like, he had so many questions and I was learning so much at Westminster stuff that I didn't know about. And we were just like, we have to tell people this. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't care if we're terrible. We don't care if nobody listens. Um, we just have to tell people about this. This is like life changing stuff that we're learning. Um, and I, I think we came up with guilt, grace, gratitude because I did, I had just learned about the Heidelberg and I was like, Oh, that's a really nifty name. I was like, has yeah. anybody else named their podcast guilt, grace, gratitude? And I didn't see it and take it up on anchor. And I was like, there it is. That's her name. Um, and so that was, that's kind of what started. Everything was conversation about eschatology record on his iPad. And then on the right before the fourth episode, my wife said, Hey, you know, zoom's a thing Like you can, <laughs> you can record stuff on zoom. And I was like, Oh, that's so much easier. All I have to press is the record button on the bottom. Yeah. So that's, that's, that was, that was kind of the beginning of, of this escapade. That, that That's awesome. Like, <laughs> it, it was reminding me of like how, like this podcast started, like I, I was telling you uh, before we started recording, yep. uh, we, I started with my wife and her and I used to just always have like theological conversations and we yep. listen, we always listen to podcasts and she's like, Hey, why don't we start one, just record it and, and then put it out there. And we I forget how we recorded at first, but it was real like primitive, like similar, like mm. uh, I think we, we recorded right into like some kind of, Maybe it was Garage Band or something. <laughs> yes. Like now I just use Audacity, but like she was, and okay. she did all the editing. Like she loves yep. doing that stuff, you know. But now, now I do it on. I figure out how to do Audacity. I'm just, I'm getting better at it <laughs> yeah. as I go. Yep. Um, That's the same here. Yep. Yeah, but, but similar thing. And and with the name, I, I w- we always like would sit around and like, like, like in church, just think to each other because I got saved, and then like two years later, she she came to the Lord, and then we were like on the worship team and like doing ministry together, and like often think like, what are we even doing here? Like (laughs) (laughs) from, from, from our life before, like as as, like sinners destined for hell, like not even caring about religion or anything like that to, to full on Christian sharing the gospel with everybody. Like, what are we Mm. even doing here? (laughs) Like, you know, so I was like, that's a good name for a podcast. Why don't we just call it? (laughs) Because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, what are we doing here personally, but also what, what are, what are we doing here? Like we, we got to, worship the Lord. We got to yep. call people to repentance yep. and yeah. tell them what they're here for, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, so absolutely. As you've been podcasting, so you started two years, you only been doing it for two years. Is that, is that what about, about a year and a half? So we officially started in August, 2020. Okay. Well, I think I've started listening to you guys like probably midway through your first season. Because I don't think okay. I listened yeah. to the first few episodes, but now I'm going to go back. I would not listen to the first few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I would say the same about ours. Like, don't go back. You probably can't even hear it. The volume's so low. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, it may be good content, but it's just so badly done. <laughs> what what has been some blessings over over <clears throat> the last year and a half that you kind of su- <clears throat> surprised you that you you didn't see coming? Um, I mean, there's just so. I mean, there, like as you probably know, there's so much. Um. A, it's like, I mean, just even for like, we can talk about listeners and all that stuff, but A, it's just us, like the people who we get on our show and just talking to them, learn, like getting to learn, like sit under them uh, and learn about uh, their specific thing and, and, and seeing their joy, seeing their love for Jesus, 
um that's like that's what's really really cool i mean we like we kind of like slap ourselves like is this really happening in front of us mm-hmm. um are these the kind of people we get to talk to uh and then getting random messages here and there saying hey this is the first time i've i've really learned like proper reform theology I'm, I'm really understanding how the bible's put together what jesus has done for me um that's that's like you can't you can't even like quantify that stuff um that stuff is incredible and seeing what it's done for the church and people finding reformed churches through it um that's like our number one we try to like really 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 stress that in our in our show we don't want this to end in our show like yes we like our guests are cool and yes we talk about great stuff um, but please don't let this end at our show. Like we want this to end in a local church. We want you to find a local church. It's like what, like what place preaches this on a consistent basis? That's been the coolest blessing for us is hearing people who end up at reformed churches through the, through the show. Um, and say, Hey, I finally started learning something. Um, this, this helped me find a church, uh, that preaches the gospel or those who found the Santa Ana through the, 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 or through the pot. That's, that's been the biggest thing for us. Yeah. I love that you're always uh, mentioning the, the Napark map of mm-hmm. the, the, where the, the local church finder. Yep. And that's a, a great resource. And that's huge what, for us. Yeah. That's, we could care less about the podcast. If, if you find a good church. Yeah. I, whenever I see somebody like, it's like tweet, like that they're looking for a church. I usually try to find that if, if nobody sent it that to them yet, I'll find that one. And I think Dr. Yep. Clark has one on, on his, on the, the Heidel blog too. He has a map, which is probably the yeah. similar, yep. very similar map. Uh, yep. I, I'd say uh, the, a series that you guys did, that was a blessing to me. I mean, there's so many uh, great things, but the um, covenant theology uh, huh. series. Yeah. That was fun. Was great. Yep. Yeah. When you had uh, yeah. some of the times you had the author of, of that section on or somebody else on talking about it or just you guys. And it was, yeah. it was a blessing. I have, I have a friend whose son is, is reading through that book. And I said, uh, I said, as you're reading through it, fo- follow along with these with these uh, these yeah. uh, shows, show episodes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure he's that's what follow. we're hoping people do. That's that's what we that's what we talk to RTS and Crossway. And then we're trying to like. We're trying to have those two things follow each other. And so we're trying to like really pump their book and say, Hey, if you don't understand some things in the book, cause some of it's kind of hard to understand. Um, listen to when we talk to the author and like try to break it down for you. And it's kind of like, we're trying to make it a commentary on it. Um, so, so you can learn from the people who wrote it themselves. That was a really fun season for us to do. And th- that was season three, right? Yeah. Season three. Yep. So now you're in season four, mm-hmm. correct? What, what kind of things do we have coming? Um, through the rest of season four here yeah we got we have a bunch we we've recorded already the first four episodes um up through i think the 7th of march so we have the heidelberg came out today with dr clark um we'll have the canons of dort and the belch confession with my pastor who's written books on both of them um those are really good episodes um i really enjoy that and we're gonna have i'm looking through my list right now that we have coming out soon um, so we have one on the Westminster standards with, uh, Nick's current pastor, the OPC, um, who has been preaching through the standards for, I think 10 years. So it's, we like, we really want a pastor's perspective. So we're trying to, we had Dr. Clark on for Heidelberg, although we're going to try to shy away from scholars, um, and professors on the season. So we're reaching out to local pastors, um, both where we're at and then kind of across the nation to say, Hey, you're already a pastor, a pastor reform congregation. 
how, how like how do you see this topic play out in your church? Um, so we're doing confessions in scripture. Um, like what does that relationship look like? Why do you use the confessions in the church? How does that relate to scripture? Talk about justification um, and the law, the five solas, what sanctification is, like how does that play out in the reformed church? And how does like how do we view that in the Christian life? The marks of the reformed church. Um, what are like what the regular principle is of worship, like what like how does God tell us to worship, what the Lord's Day is, uh, what a reformed liturgy is, uh, this fancy term called dialogical worship, which is just a fancy way of saying call and response. Um, so why do we do that in Reformed Church? Like we've never heard a podcast episode of anybody ever like breaking down what the worship looks like. And so we're gonna have a couple people, a couple pastors on for that. Um, officers of the church, like how is the church structured? Uh, and then like w- how we see the Lord's day as a preview of the eternal day to come, um, when we worship God forever. So we're going to see what that looks like too. So that's, that's a few of the episodes and kind of like a, kind of a tasting what we're doing. It's, it's yeah. more so just a, we want to see the, <clears throat> the undergirding of the church and then how that plays out in everyday life. And our hope is when people listen to this, um, they're less scared to walk into the doors of a reformed church. It's like, I, I kind of know what to expect. Um, I've heard this, I see this and I see why they do what they do. Yeah. I think that's important. And and I'm looking forward to those seasons, but to, to know why a church does a liturgy is Mm -hmm. important, Mm -hmm. you know, because especially if you come from a a formal Roman Catholic background and you think that's, that's just a Roman Catholic thing, a a popish thing, but it's not. And, and the churches that explain that, I think will have more success. Like totally. You know, yeah, so we're hoping to devote a couple episodes to to describe why we do that stuff and like like how does it form us as Christians? How does it form your kids? I think people don't really talk about that enough mm-hmm. when you have little kids in worship. Just how just how um just how crucial a well designed, well explained liturgy is for kids. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that, and I hope uh, many other people will tune in to that as well. Do you have any? Uh, we'll, we'll going to wrap up soon, but do you have any like encouragement that you want to leave the audience with uh, for Christians listening, or even who knows there might be non non-Christians listening to the podcast as well. Is there any encouragement that you want to share? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think especially in, in today's world and society we see in um, two years of just craziness, uh, we can wonder like <laughs> what, like what, what on earth is all of this? Like, what is like, what is all this happening? Why is this all this happening? What's, what's, what's happening? The churches are, are being weird and society is being weird. Um, and maybe it sounds simple, but like, I just don't know how you can get away from it. It's just being under the consistent preached gospel, um, hearing this from a minister, knowing that Christ is sovereign over all things that he's already won. Uh, and that this world is temporary passing by. We can walk through it as pilgrims, uh, knowing like, yeah, this is hard. This is really rough. And we're not really sure what's happening, but we do have an eternal hope of those who profess Christ to say that, yeah, this, this life is rough, but um, we have an eternal like bliss to look forward to with Christ. Uh, And yeah, it's, I I just, I love the gospel and I love, I love preaching the gospel. I love hearing the gospel. And um yeah, I'm 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 a simple I'm a simple California guy, and I mm. I just like the gospel. Amen. Just, you you're under the gospel. Things things don't get necessarily better temporarily, 
but it sure does put it in perspective. Definitely. It's that, that eternal perspective. And, and that's one thing, you know, we, we all have in common is our sin, right? We're, we're all sinners. And as this, the, the verses I, I read, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what we, we need as sinners is we need salvation. We need, we need a savior to save us from the wrath that sinners deserve. We, we all deserve the wrath of God, but God is merciful and, and gracious. And he sent his son to die on the cross for us. He lived a perfect life that we are called to live. And then he died on the cross, a death that we deserve. And he was buried and he rose for our justification. And now he's ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, the father, and he's coming again to judge the living, the quick and the dead. And those out there listening who aren't saved, turn to Christ, put your faith in him. That's what we need to do. It's, it's what must I do to be saved? The Philippian jailer said, we must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And that's a beautiful thing. And that is the gospel. That is the good news. It's good news. It has been done. It is finished. And I, I love that. Mm. I love that Jesus said that on the cross, the telestai. I don't know if I said the Greek right, but I love that word. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. It, 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 is, it is finished. Done. It is done. We, we don't have to do anything to get to heaven. We just believe in that. And then from that comes the gratitude. We, we will live a life. And that's even the power of the Holy Spirit in us, sanctifying us, making us holy, making us into the image of Christ. And, and that, that is a work done by God. It is all of God, it is all of his grace. And that is a beautiful thing. And I pray those out there listening who aren't saved, turn to Christ and live. And then when you do, find a local church and you can go check out guilt grace gratitude and they have a church finder on their on their website what, what is your website so we don't have an official website so we just use the anchor um but if okay. they go to the show notes on every single episode that we have everything we've ever produced has the napar church finder and yeah get into a reformed church <laughs> get, yep that's least, it yeah one that's preaching the gospel every lord's day yep Hopefully twice on the Lord's Day. If they, yep. <laughs> if they do. Yeah, you are see, baby. There we go. Yes, yes. And, and that's what I love about our church, OPC, is we hear the gospel in the morning. We hear it in the evening from whatever te- text. And it's not forced. It's there. Christ is there in the scriptures. And that's, it's, that's who it's about. So I just want to, before we wrap up, end with a fun question. Yeah, do it. Uh, so you saw the notes. I don't know if you knew who this person was and you had to look them up. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Did you, did you look up who Nicholas Kim Coppola is? I have not looked up. I, I probably, okay. that was on my mind, but then I didn't do okay. it. <laughs> That's fine. I'll tell you. Nicholas Kim Coppola is Nicholas Cage. Do you know? Who, oh, okay. So, you know, Nicholas Cage, right? You're familiar with yes. the actor. Okay. Yep. Have you seen some Nicholas Cage movies? Oh, yeah. Who hasn't? Who was born in the 90s? Exactly. There you go. uh, (laughs) National Treasure was like what I grew up on. (laughs) That's uh, I love that one. And and the second one, National Treasure 2 is also great. Yeah, which is okay. It's the the original (laughs) National Treasure is is where all the all the terrible acting, but just I mean, it's so (laughs) terrible. It's good. Well, speaking of terrible acting, this is the question. (laughs) If you if, if a Nicolas Cage movie was real life, what character would you want to be? And you can't be whoever Nicolas Cage is playing. Oh, shoot. I was about to say Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the trick. Um, <laughs> I would be, you know, like, because 
it's just opposite of me. I would be whoever his enemy is, like whoever the guy he's fighting against, like whoever's the guy who's trying to stop him, just because like, I don't want to do something different, like play a different role. And it'd be, it'd be cool to like be the enemy of Nick Cage in one of his movies. Uh, that, that's a good answer. I haven't had that one yet. I, I've had <laughs> uh, two people have said they, they would want to be Riley who would, who was in national treasure. Who was like the computer oh. guy. Okay. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Pastor Pat, uh, who did he say? He 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 asked me. He's like, was was Nicholas Cage in Snakes on a Plane? Because I'd want to be one of the snakes. I was like, I don't I don't think he was. But, was like, but that's <laughs> yeah. an interesting answer. Yeah, part of mine's mine's easy because I couldn't think of the names of the characters. So I was like, uh-huh. oh, whatever the evil guy is. Evil guy. Yeah, I don't know their names, but so in National Treasure, it would be the guy that was also in uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Wasn't he like the guy that's trying to beat him to the treasure? But oh he, he, yeah i think he, you're he was right. one of the one of the he was a good guy in lord of the rings so i think he ends up dying in one of them spoiler alert uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah but that, that's good and whoever is against nicholas cage so in face off it would be himself because he <laughs> did, did you see face off the that was in the 90s that's one of the 90s Nicolas Cage movies. That would have been like Nicolas Cage just before I, who I knew Nicolas Cage was. Okay, man, I'm so old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager in the 90s. You were probably you're probably like 10 years younger than me, right? Or something. I was yeah, I was born in 91. 91. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm 79. I was born in the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh so yeah, before I sign off, if you just want to uh plug one more time the the church um your podcast and then how how we can help pave the bridge to, mm. <laughs> to yeah. The... <laughs> yeah i like it no that's good yeah so <clears throat> we're at um guilt grace pod is instagram and twitter uh on our youtube now which is relatively new uh we're at guilt grace gratitude podcast and then the church is santa Ana urc on Twitter. We don't have an Instagram. Uh, and then email, if you guys want to be part of that, it's sanaandreformed at gmail.com. And that goes right to me. And I don't have any personal Twitter or Instagram stuff. Um, but my co-host Nick has a Twitter NR fully. So N R F U L L Y. Uh, but if you guys want to get in touch with me, I'm on the one who's usually running the Twitter. Um, he runs Instagram. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything personal other than follow the podcast and follow the church. Awesome. And they have a Patreon on there too. And uh, yep. yeah, I, I love their, their, uh, the plug they do with pave, pay, help them pave the bridge to reform mm-hmm. theology. Is that what yep. you, yeah. you help, uh, yeah. Help beautify the bridge. Yes. So, so do that. So check out Peter and his co-host Nick at guilt, grace, gratitude podcast. And yeah, until next time, I pray you continue to seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Drive safe, Brady. Dead serious.